0: Welcome everyone to the Stigos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of July 16th, 2023. Hope everyone's enjoying their summer so far. Lord knows that this weekend in Texas, it was 110 plus. Mm. And so I was outside for that. I got my hair cut on Saturday morning and I had it all like not like like guys hair of the salon always looks weird like my hair looks way too shiny at the salon so I come outside I was like I'm worried about this and then I walk out in the humidity and my hair just like it doesn't quite poof but it just loses all structural and for me, that's saying something because my hair is not structurally sound anyways. So. With me tonight, as always, I've got commish. We've got permanent squatters who I'm pretty sure have voting rights at this point. <laughs> girl and Beth and member in good standing blue. Blue, sir, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Beth, if you can hear us through the dial-up internet that you're using wherever you are in West Virginia in an undisclosed location, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Stop. Everything is fine. Stop. Southern West Virginia is very pretty, but it rains a lot stop wait are you in the
0: radio silence zone is that near you
2: um i'm south of the national quiet zone okay that's like north and east of where i am but i could be in the national quiet zone in about an hour
0: we need to do a podcast can we do a podcast from the national quiet zone how close do we have can we get to the observatory before we can do that
2: um we can't get that close but like we could we could try some things i am however very close to all the snake handling churches
0: so ooh, old school pentecostal yes
2: yeah so like we can go to a signs following church if you want um i might die but you know
0: i've never (laughs) i've never handled snakes before
2: is it like Fight Club? If it's your first night, you have to handle a snake.
0: I assume so. But again, I am I am not Pentecostal. I'm not very religious, so maybe I don't know this. I, I
3: want to Google snake church initiation, but I, I'm afraid of what Alpha. <laughs> <fight. do> that
0: leads <laughs> down do that. a dark I'm not,
3: path. I'm not doing that one. No. No.
2: Yeah. I mean I was I, I did dabble in the Baptocostal arts growing up, but mm-hmm. I never went to snake church. I have but I do know how to get to Jolo. It's not very far from here. So
0: hey girl, how are you, ma'am?
2: I'm good. I spent yesterday in a pool.
4: I have no complaints.
0: Kamish, how are you, sir?
3: <sighs> You're making the
0: best dad sounds ever. Mm-hmm.
3: Just, I was trying not to be like Tim Allen there, but I have home improvement grunting, but it, it was, uh, I'm just glad this it's over now at, at this point. Man, I don't even know where to start. I'm... There's just so much bottled up rage that I have right now.
0: Let's start with this. How many pounds of fajitas do you have left?
3: Okay. So we ordered fajitas for like 30, 35 people. And that's like, you know, with the borracho beans and and the Spanish rice and fresh flour tortillas. Um, Also, it came with like eight jugs of tea. We did not anticipate the tea. Uh, and We got like chips, salsa, you know, guac, queso, whatever. We had all that stuff. I think... I probably have about four pounds of beef left. And I would say maybe about six to seven pounds of, of chicken fajita left. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just go with, with yeah. what happened. I'll just, just I'll give, just give as much in. of the summaries. Now, you I don't do. want to give like yeah. a bad impression of, but this, no, you know, this is an in-law story here. So and, I, I'm, and,
0: I'll, and I'll happily trim if you feel yes, like you've gone too I am far. not
3: trying to go far or do this or whatever so basically about a month ago my father-in-law bought my baby uh, a baptism gown beautiful gown from mexico the only problem is he bought it small so we're already start the running clock we need to get the baby baptized before she doesn't fit into this anymore yeah yeah yeah
0: so um, i had to i had to get married before i bust out the buttons of the tux i get you
3: i get it yes definitely so same thing for sure right yeah got about a monthly way to To get this done, so the baptism was was this weekend, was was Saturday. I had to basically rally my family from around the country. So we're talking about Virginia, not the western part of Virginia that Beth is in right now, and then you know from Florida and everybody to fly in. And hey, guess who's coming? All you know, we're gonna have my in laws. We're gonna have a lot of the in laws' family. So we're looking at thirty to thirty five people in a party in our house when the temperature high. Was 104.
0: And that's not the feels like temp. That's
3: not the feels like temperature. That is on the wall temp. Not at all. Also, they're they're a part of these 30, 35 folks. There's going to be about six to eight oldest six-year-old kids. So there's going to be. From, you know, the baby is going to be the youngest, of course, but there's going to be from three to six year year olds, about six to eight of them running around the house and me trying to just basically maintain all semblance of sanity here. This is going to take place. My family is able to find flights. They decide to come in. I'm like, within a month, it's fantastic. I don't get an opportunity to get the off days because it's a month out and all these days are already requested. So I did not have an opportunity to have Friday off, Thursday off to prepare anything. Yeah my wife did get Friday off, which was nice, but she spent an entire day cleaning. My family came in Thursday night, my mom came in. And then Friday, uh, my my sister and aunts and and her two kids, husband, everybody came in there. So I was able to get off of work, get out of work maybe like an hour early than normal, which was nice, but still incredibly stressful. Uh, So so thank you for not allowing me to request the days off before you you bought this baptism dress. I appreciate that. Sorry, little little. I don't want to yell. I don't want to yell. No, you're good. Um, Deep
2: breaths.
0: Mm, it's your therapy.
3: All right.
0: So <laughs> just uh,
2: just cast Fast it. forward. You fast got forward you to... got
0: you got at least two. You got two doctors on this call. Mm-hmm. We are not doctors in therapy, but we are. I mean, really, physics and education. Basically, it's basically therapy. It's
4: fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Close enough
2: you smush those together it's pretty close i think
0: Uh, basically okay
2: and and i'm surrounded by tiny children so i get it yeah
1: so you're saying if we add together all our specialties (laughs) we add up to one therapist
0: i I think Mm -hmm. so
3: yeah let's let's fast forward to this week i know i've already given the background on friday when they arrive the in-laws who wanted this to happen on this date can no longer arrive and and come to this so they're not going to come There's a legit reason it did involve somebody in a hospital. Okay. They don't show. I'm like, okay, so we just down two. fine. We got enough food or whatever. We scramble the baptisms at 10 in the morning. Fantastic. The church is very well air conditioned. Everything goes smoothly. You were
0: wearing a nice, you were wearing a nice like tech uh, polo. It was nice. I was not,
3: I was not, you know, I am not wearing a long sleeve shirt. I am not wearing a suit. suit. Don't tell. Hell no. Although like doing you
0: would look great in seersucker, I'm just going
3: to say. I have never had a seersucker suit. I've, I I've always to wanted admit, to wear it.
2: I wanted you to pull a Lone Star Deets and do full warning, but oh, okay. oh yeah,
3: with well, top I mean, tails. If it was like, you know, November, talk to me about it, but it's, it's July and 104. No, thank you.
4: You said no, that like it's not going to be 104 in November at the race you're going. We get
3: back to the house uh, after the baptism, and then here comes the scramble, right? This is what I got to do. I have to set up a kiddie inflatable thing outside in the blazing hot sun. I rush home after this, get the kids home. I am outside, you know, wearing shirt, just dripping, sweating, trying to hammer in this, this inflatable thing that we could oh, not, yeah. we couldn't rent one. Because again, not much leeway here. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get the 22-foot the water slide either. So that, that was taken up. They didn't have anything available. So we ordered a Prime Day thing that could fit eight kids and hold yeah. up to 400 pounds. I'm like, perfect, whatever. I will hammer the stakes. I am rushing as fast as possible to hammer these stakes in. And the tops are popping off of the stakes. Like, the little things <laughs> we hammer. They're oh just like... God. Like, I'm just hitting oh them, no. like, square. And they just
0: go... Oh, boom, oh like yeah. Fly. I'm like, what? Because they're cheap as shit, yeah. Yeah,
3: they're cheap as hell. Whatever. Just flying everywhere. I had... A, uh, we had another bounce house. And I still had stakes for the other one when it was just a kid during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, I, I grabbed those stakes and did that. I'm just sweating. Throw this thing on. I... I have like little misters out the back on my deck. I have those turned on. Um, yeah. It's just like a little tube and just hook the hose up. And then you just spray in misters and everything. Perfect. They get back with the food. And we noticed some of the folks on the in-laws side of the family didn't come to the baptism, but we still assume that they were coming to get the food because, you know, I mean, who's going to re- refuse free fajitas, right? Yeah. They can stay inside and do that. Yeah, they no-show. So instead of having 30, 35 people at the house, we're down to like 15 now.
0: It's an intimate affair.
3: <laughs> and I'm like, just thinking about it now, I was like, there's no freaking way possible that we would have had 30 to 35 people in the house, like just sweaty, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. nuts, and, like outside. I didn't even talk about the giant wash nest that we had to get down, like <laughs> Thursday or Friday. A was double-sided wash nest behind a fan
4: christ man i am still slightly disappointed that you did not seize your opportunity to mm. become stick stick dad
3: <laughs> i've listened to too many shutdown forecast disasters and the I lord had to take, supply i had to take photos for this baptism and i'm the one that's like holding the baby they get the water the on lord head.
2: supplied you with a pinata and yeah. you turned it down hmm? that's all
0: i hear a fighty pinata
3: i will let you know that when they knocked it down friday night saturday morning the there were still like four or five wasps on the nest itself laying on the ground right in front of the door they didn't even pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> so i had to get the shovel and i got the shovel and i just like flung it into the middle of the street from the backyard it was it was a nice Good. thing
4: i'm imagining like wasp grenade Pretty
3: much, just it, as just as was. it just wasps everywhere on the yard. I mean, I, I probably like flung that at least like 30, 30 feet. Good, good 30 feet.
0: You know, good. other than that, how was the play? <laughs> <laughs> we are rough. We are tough. Surely Sunday is fine. We get through it.
3: We're okay. We we get through it. I'm sweaty. I mean, I, I get a little heat exhaustion. Um, you know, I get that little heat exhaustion headache. Maybe a little dehydration. Yeah. Um, I had. You can't have bed. a little bit of that. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just a little bit of it. You know, just a little bit. Take some Tylenol. Throw throw a couple ice packs on the back of my head and neck, and I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm I'm good. Pushing through it. We set up breakfast this morning. You know, we go eat breakfast, and we're like, we're like, hey, we'll eat, we'll meet you for breakfast at 8:30. My sister, my mom, and aunt, whatever. They leave. They go back to the hotel. Nine o'clock, 9 p.m. that night. My in-laws call. Hey, we're coming tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, Damn. early. Early in the morning,
0: Prize in-laws, surprise in laws love it.
3: Surprise in laws—they live four and a half hours away. Yeah, they do. The way they drive, it's probably like three.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going
3: to come drop off a bed to my other kiddo. And they're going to give him a twin bed, and I'm like, we didn't even ask for this. Like, he still has a, you know an expandable bed. He still has got like two more notches to go on this bed.
0: Such dad energy. I don't need a new bed. He has two more expansions.
3: Well, the other the in the father in law was like, no, 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 he needs to be higher off the ground, and I'm like, no, he's fine just he doesn't need to be up high like you want him to roll off and hurt come on man dad argument aside here uh, (laughs) they're deciding they're coming up and they warn us be up early we're gonna be there super early i'm like super early was the wording in the text super early and on the call i'm like okay so super early to them what is that 6 a.m 7 a.m i'm like okay they'd have to leave at like 2 a.m 3 a.m. There's, no there's, there's nobody no on the road. That's fine. Maybe they want to do that. That's great. They don't give us a time. None shall know the hour when my in-laws show the <laughs> fuck up. All right. None. Per-
4: per- perhaps your in-laws are of the same school as I am, and they have they too have learned that linear time is a mistake. Maybe that's how they get there so fast too.
3: They must have hit a portal instead of going through the uh, inspection station. They, there's a portal yeah. option to to skip, you know, the rest of the town to this little tiny town. Oh on, yeah. Hey, by 81. the way.
0: From like, from like where they're driving, there is a federal inspection station they have to stop at yeah. because when you're driving from the border like where I used to live, his in-laws were in the same place. Like 50 miles in, there's a checkpoint that you have yeah. to go through and be like here, are, like, here are my papers and I'm not carrying drugs and or produce or anything like, yeah. Like, yeah. like there are very specific <laughs> things you have to do to go through these checkpoints and the lines get long as hell. Yeah.
4: Drugs and or produce is my favorite think part of, of that I don't, do, I
0: don't think they do produce checks there. I know they do the produce well, checks. When you're coming the produce the is to... still
3: there. The produce okay. is still there because there, there's uh, parasite issues yeah. with uh, the citrus. And you can't really take the grapefruit up uh, yeah. to San Antonio because there's some sort of, I forgot what it's called. But yeah, they still check for the produce or whatever. The most I ever get driving there because, you know, my complexion. Uh, it's just like American citizen question. And I say, yes. And they let me through. Uh, so that's, that's what I do. Spoiler, spoiler,
0: they ask <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. They never asked me anything. Spoiler alert. They never asked me anything.
3: Just say, they hear the New Orleans accent. They're like, oh,
0: perfect. Whatever.
3: I'm gonna go to breakfast at eight 30 and you know, we'll, we'll do our thing. Wife gets up at like six something waiting for a call from them or something like six 30, seven o'clock. Wait she calls them at seven 30. She's like, where are you at? Uh, we just left. I'm like, <laughs>
0: Like your son. <laughs> if and if you hadn't called, you never would have known.
3: We never know. We just go to the breakfast, and then they arrive. They then they tell her they're going to breakfast somewhere else and didn't invite her. So I'm like what or me? So it's great, perfect. On I, the way,
1: they, breakfast on the way.
3: No, when they get there. OK, yeah, no, they met with the sister-in-law and they went to breakfast at uh, an IHOP and we went to a different location. So mm. I'm like, OK, I have this like adjustable Ikea bed. I'm like, fine, we'll move it and then we can try to sell it. I'm finishing up. We take two separate cars to breakfast. So she leaves with the, the baby back because they're they're about to get to the house. We're finishing up breakfast maybe about 10, 15 minutes. I'm going I'm to leave after her uh, saying goodbye to mom and sister whatever. I, I get back in there, they've completely disassembled the IKEA bed. So there goes my chance of selling it. Cause yep. I am not putting this shit back together. Once it comes it's apart, it. it's never going back it's, together. I'm not man. putting it back together. I know there's missing parts. I don't have instructions for this. Nah. I don't remember what Swedish name this shit is. I don't remember. Like I have to look at I think it's called like a Sunvik or something
2: like that. Oh yeah. yeah. fucking no. <laughs> Just... Listen, it it's only gonna take you eight hundred and sixty-four cam screws to put together the Hurst Converted murder Confusion. <laughs> And then you can sell
0: it on Facebook. And 400 wooden pegs. Yeah, there's some
4: reason. You sell it to like a young couple as a team building exercise. That's how these things work. A
0: young couple with a convertible toddler bed. Yep. Mm. Perfect.
2: Tell them it transforms into, to, into um, a chaise lounge if they, if they push the right button. Everyone needs a fainting couch. <laughs>
1: I've got, I brought up the website, and I'm going to read off some Swedish names okay. of toddler okay. beds. Yeah. Perfect. If you could just, when you hear your name, okay. identify. All right. So we have Kura, K-U-R-A, okay. reversible bed twin. It wasn't a twin. Minin, ex- external bed frame with slatted bed base. A slatted
3: I, I, bed. There is slatted bed base. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that one, though.
1: Sniglar, bed frame <laughs> with slatted bed base. This feels slatted. This, this feels, feels like it might there. be it. We're is it a Sniglar? Could be.
0: A that's my
2: next cat that's my next cat name.
1: <laughs> A slot, which is S L A with an umlaut K T bed frame with pull out bed plus storage. Hmm. And the last one they have here is the Busung, which is an extendable bed.
0: I bet you it's the it's it's the slot. Whatever <laughs> what was it called?
3: Okay, I found it. The
0: Sniglar. Sniglar. I found it I, again it
3: was i actually had the name the name right the the sund vic oh it's the convertible crib yeah okay I, yeah. or the, the no no yeah so i'm just gonna put this yeah, in the back. podcast chat so nobody has yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still Why just not?
4: imagining future beth with her future cat named sniglar mm-hmm. and sniglar like getting out of the house and her standing on a porch just screaming
2: sniglar <laughs> sniglar get back here so, so look at this we
0: are gonna this guide this you back into the home ahead, into right? the room beth here, my I... cats,
2: thus, the last five cats that I have had have all had just bonkers names. So this is absolutely on brand for me.
3: See, so I put it in the Sickles I feel Community like your cats' here. names
2: now are reasonably normal. Ozzy's uh, weird. Yeah. Ozzy's weird. Well, Jinx was named after my godkids named Jinx. I did okay. not name Jinx. Okay. Um. So, but yeah, like, I have a Euclid. I have a Pythagoras. I have a Nomad. <laughs> okay. I have a. I have a Fusen.
1: <laughs> All you need now to, to per, for the mathematics is Euler. E-U-L-E-R. Mm-hmm. E-U-L-E-R. Uh, Gauss. Yeah, I was going to say Gauss. Gauss would be great, too. More of a mathematician yeah. than a physicist, though.
2: I was married to a mathematician ever so briefly, hence hence the names. I'll just start naming them after modes.
0: There we go. Nobody,
2: nobody likes little Locrian. No yep. one will play with him.
0: <laughs> so, Kamesh, it sounds like you had a good time this weekend. Oh, there's more. Sorry. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. <laughs> So I up. was I was Better under the in.
3: impression that they're bringing this twin bed with a headboard. It, no headboard. It's the twin bed, the box spring, and then the metal bed frame of death that you will just the what, metal like the one ho- with the like the, the, the Hollywood shin, frame, like the the normal bed frame that is just metal, and you're gonna catch your shin on it at like oh yeah, and like, shred yourself, and oh just, shred your and just yeah. scream bloody murder because uh, I'm just I'm just gonna wear shin guards. That's yeah, I was oh, yeah. walking around the house.
0: Wrap that up with duct tape right now.
2: So our small soccer star has gone from like was our previous bed sort of like a semi enclosed situation. So it's got so it's got. I, a, I put the sure. Committee
3: a, podcast chat. I found it's the got bed. The little side things.
2: We have gone from like bowling with bumpers to mm-hmm. just like bowling on a flat, featureless plane that stretches out in all directions. Oh
3: yeah. Uh, well, he's. I put the bed against one wall, so he has one side that he cannot roll off of so
2: can you like can you slam him in a corner can we put baby in in a a corner corner,
3: (laughs) one side that he cannot roll off if he makes it to the front of the bed uh he's he's fine but as i put the extendable bed frame with slatted base the sun vic in the podcast chat you can see how many notches i could extend this i still had a notch to go and i'm upset that i didn't get to use all the notches like (gasps) i paid for all these notches and i did not get to use these fucking notches all right, I didn't get to use the entire pet Got a procedural question here.
1: Did your in-laws bring their own Allen
3: key to take this thing apart? Because without that, you can't pull those screws out. So that's when the sister-in-law and her boyfriend had this because they go to Ikea all the damn time.
5: Oh, okay. And they took it
3: apart yeah. before I even got home. Yeah. I got home and it was just like the last Someone little piece of the had you know? And they're just, just dis- disassembling this. Then where do you want me to put this? I'm like, ugh.
2: <laughs> I, Do you I need me to mail know. you my metric Allen keys?
3: But like, I'm not putting that shit back together. I'm no. I'm done. It's Felten done. Parts. It's Felten gonna parts. Whatever. uh If if my neighbors have a fire pit in the winter, you can use the sunbeam. <laughs> for... I would
0: I would not inhale those fumes. No, I don't know. neither would no. I.
3: I. <laughs> it, I'm probably going to throw it away in the garbage can, like a couple pieces at a time. That's that's about it, really. I'm.
2: What I'm, could go wrong? Huff your Swedish deathbed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Get my title. Thank you. I mean, they are Vikings, right? I mean, just... Not anymore, uh, but yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: No.
2: You have, oh, you my God. Put it on you had a Viking because...
4: baptism. I had a
0: Viking, Ooh, it was baptism. a Viking baptism, yeah.
4: <laughs> I think you should just put it on Facebook Marketplace with a sign that says, does not work, but could be fun to fix.
0: Well, we are essentially a college football podcast, so let's talk about some college football <laughs> things. First off, I do want to say congratulations to Mexico. They have just won the Gold Cup, 1-0. Wow. Noted the college 88... football thing, the Gold Cup. Okay, in... In the ballpark of sports, ma'am.
3: Hey, yes. hey, 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 hold on. All football is good football, y'all. Exactly. That's
0: true. My favorite Faroe Islands football team now follows us on face on Twitter. And they are so utterly confused about what we're about. I love them so dearly, but they are so fucking confused. And I'm walking them through it ever so slowly.
3: And that's that's me trying to find more uh folks to advertise on our podcast and our Twitter account. They are there so go. utterly confused. And me having to <laughs> explain what the hell we're about. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: how, how, what percentage of our followers would you say are not confused about what we're doing? I mean, are are we not confused about yeah, what I have we're no, doing? Yeah, I have
0: no clue what we're doing anyways. And that's the beautiful part of this. <laughs> we're building the plane as we're flying. It. I, know always- the, I know the
3: general premise, I think. It's like jazz. Yeah, feel, it's not the notes you don't play. That's right. I,
2: yeah. I, I don't feel like we're building a plane in flight. I feel like that we're discussing like, and inventing the concept of flying while we're building a plane in flight.
1: <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's what the Wright brothers were doing is mm-hmm. suddenly d- uh, discovering the airplane in flight. And they were actually told there are people flying things in Europe right now. There, there were people flying around. They had these uh, balloons with wings. They would fly in circles around Paris.
0: But because we're tech disruptors, we have invented right. this. We're going to claim it. We did it ourselves. Well, that's right. I mean, We invented the podcast, concept of a podcast. On-demand radio, all that. We uh, invented everything right here.
4: Mm-hmm. The internet's only podcast.
0: I will, I'm going I'm to say that... My favorite bit of news this week: Northwestern has had all these problems. It's been so awful over there. They fired their baseball coach too. I think now yes, it's just they been oh yeah. But then there was one little beautiful moment where someone somewhere said, "Hey, I heard Coach O is interested in the Northwestern job," and my brain just goes, "Why are we even doing this?" And the only thing I think Commissioner's was right on this is that someone saw on his resume that he was from Northwestern State in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and they're purple. Yeah, purple. That's right. And, and someone went, Mama's calling. <laughs> and it took like 12 hours to get this rumor unwound. Because one of the reasons I will never leave sports Twitter is because things like this can burn and flame out in a day. And it's this glorious life cycle. It's like watching a Stargo Supernova. I don't I don't even think it time. lasted
3: twelve hours. I think it I it, it care, lasted no. maybe like five or six. Mate. Yeah. Beautiful. It was fun though. It was fun it was a fun five or six hours.
4: Chicago with an EAUX.
3: <laughs> I mean, I was so confident that this would not be happening that uh-huh. I offered to do my really bad coach o impersonation on an entire podcast if you got hired by Northwestern.
1: I just want to ask a fit question if if possible. I understand everyone wanted to be first. That's why they reported this as quote unquote, we know for oh, sure. Yeah. But this man who ostensibly is a really good, possibly great coach was embarrassing to the country club people of Louisiana State University. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the, they, these are the hoity toity people in Baton Rouge. What are the hoity toity people, which is what they call people in Evanston, gonna say if he was their (laughs) head coach?
0: Evanston doesn't like, doesn't want a football stadium there. No. And then you bring in that man to run the The program. The living embodiment of football? Oh my God. I,
4: Oh, I'm sure the Medill
2: grads would love him.
1: Well, yeah, he's a great quote. Yeah, he's a great I, quote. Oh man, yeah,
2: if you can translate
0: it, that's that fine. is, you would need to hire some translators. That's <laughs> right. What's I'm sure your they, job? Listen, I'm the Cocho interpreter.
1: They got enough brain power in Evanston to translate whatever he says into digestible English. I'm sure that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> I think Cocho might be calling in Jordan.
3: Where is he supposed to be on the episode? Cocho busy eating some Chicago style gumbo. What is Chicago style gumbo exactly? It's the Italian beef and the Chicago dog in a deep dish gumbo
0: what is a deep dish gumbo gumbo doesn't have a crust
3: it's a gumbo bread bowl with french bread
0: okay i like that that Um, that actually that does sound delicious though that actually does that actually sounds delicious chicago (laughs) cajun paella now we gotta get coach o with some malort Mm. and the sound he would make mm. after taking a shot or two of malort it's hard to understand him anyways
2: okay jordan follow me along in this road
0: go for it i'm walking
2: so we're gonna make our jambalaya step one we got to make our malort roux. oh yeah and then can you cook rice in malort yeah, i don't can. see any reason why you couldn't it's okay not, it's not flammable right
1: no but the boiling point is probably pretty low that's perfect
0: okay if yeah. you
2: put enough bay leaves in there it'll probably work
0: now the question is, sure. how 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 much do I want to destroy my nice zojirushi rice maker, <laughs> to do this?
2: This is a gravy in the soda stream situation.
0: I I, I have been told I'm yeah. not allowed to use the soda stream at my house because you tried to carbonate milk, didn't you? No, but no, <laughs> Alana got ahead of it. She just said no. Oh, because she knew so I was going to open my mouth and go, "We should do," and she's like, "Nope, we're not doing nope, this. We're not doing it." Malort seltzer, hard Malort seltzer when you want 100 calories of something that tastes like gasoline while you're outside in the summer. Ooh, that be is not the worst. Jail. All right. Yeah. All okay, that's, this. That's what this is all jail. Jail.
3: Coach O got okay. his
0: airboat on Lake Michigan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Coach like, O some- going down the Chicago River with his green. Oh, my
4: God. I just have this he image. would see
1: some real waves on the lake go yeah. ahead oh. yeah up. i
4: just have this image of him like zipping up and down parallel to lakeshore drive mm-hmm. where everyone can see him
0: no shirt no, no. just going
2: do it in the winter when the lake ice is over Please? oh
0: yeah on a hovercraft yeah oh yeah going over the last thing we see is him going over niagara falls like pedal down in his airboat
3: there's no pedal it's it's a
1: Oh, is it? Sorry, yes a lever. You can tell I've never,
0: I've never airboated. Sorry, never.
1: Admiral in the airboat navy, Jordan.
0: (laughs) I'd I'd like to talk about something a little more biblical now. Something about Notre Dame and a rib. And we all know that the the reason we have sin in this world because of women. That's that's biblically true. Basically, we all know this Uh, because of the rib and the whole thing. I'm I'm real loose with Genesis here. A
1: little bit,
2: a little yeah. bit nope, loose. No, nope, I think you nailed it. That cool. sounds great. Got it. To me.
0: That's 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 my upbringing right there. Sam Hartman, former Wake Forest quarterback, now Notre Dame quarterback.
2: Also, like women, largely responsible for his existence. But yeah, go on. <laughs> that's
0: it. Yeah, he had a rib removed. Two, rib, maybe one or two ribs removed. This was because of another issue where it was helping like breathe. Oh, I forgot what it was. It was something else in there.
4: He had like blood clotting
2: issues or something, if I recall correctly.
0: Okay.
2: And this is something that apparently can help with that now. I'm just imagining going to the doctor and having the doctor say, "You know what the problem is? Too
0: many bones. Mm-hmm. I, I often so many problems with that and and you don't get those ribs just removed. you put them in a fridge and you keep them to make jewelry out of. And that's what Sam Hartman's mother is doing.
4: I mean, they are, they are his bones, right? You may as well just
2: retain custody of them. I just, how did you talk the medical establishment into letting you keep things? Because usually they're like, nope, sorry, it's medical waste. You can't have the weird stuff we spooned out of your head.
3: Okay, I'm oh, going to say something It's the top
0: rib removed.
3: I'm going to say something that's gross. It's a bottom rib. Uh, okay. You may want to cut this if yeah. it's too bad. But uh, I had a kidney stone. Yeah. And they offered me if I wanted to keep it. Yeah. I, I declined. But- gallstones to put it like on, yeah, like, on cufflinks I, or what i, I declined I, your kidneys worked
4: really hard to make that rock for you no
3: i didn't want it uh, they, they worked really hard to make you a lot of pain
0: a quote from fine from hartman the rib is in my fridge it's well on its way to becoming a necklace We're a couple of weeks out just want to make sure it stays in one piece till that
4: guys being dudes are men that is a question
2: i ask myself every day but this is such a wonderful opportunity to bring back scrimshaw <laughs> Sure. I just want, like, just get out a nail and start etching your favorite football story onto your own ribs. Mm-hmm.
3: Now more than ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I hey. found a, I found a pin for Chicago gumbo on Pinterest.
0: Okay, go. Let's g- give All us right. some give us some ingredients. Please. All right, here we go.
3: Chicago gumbo. One pound of sweet Italian sausage. Yeah, off to a great start. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Uh,
2: uh, possibly too spicy already. Continue.
3: Okay, I mean it's, it's sweet. It's not the spicy
0: Italian sauce. That's, that's I don't know. That uh, that, that extra fennel. That fennel's pretty spicy. Well, it's pretty All spicy. Right.
3: Ooh, got got the, got the <laughs> two tablespoons of basil with some fresh leaves. One pinch of chili flakes. Oh whoa whoa whoa! Slow down now. Oh,
2: slow down now. This better be making thirty servings.
3: Uh, two tablespoons of flat leaf parsley. One clove of garlic. One green bell pepper one red bell pepper one 14 and a half ounce a can of tomatoes with liquid cocho cocho can't handle
0: the tomatoes in the gumbo oh, i say your tomato in your gumbo that's that's just- oh god
3: no one yellow onion and then uh canned goods one a tablespoon of, of tomato paste four cups of white rice cooked some um, a teaspoon of paprika a tablespoon of olive oil provolone aged cheese uh okay uh, a half cup of red wine, dry, uh, and then a cup of Jared oil, packed. <laughs> Sorry? Pickled? What? <laughs> it's Giardina. Uh, okay. Pickled, uh, pickled uh, gar-
4: Gardenera,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, whatever. But like pickled Italian vegetables, drained <laughs> and roughly chopped. Um,
2: how is this gumbo? <laughs> You've made gumbo bolognese.
0: You've made gumbo goulash. <laughs> it's
4: like a pasta, man.
0: I guess. Uh, That's um... not
4: enough garlic.
0: No, no, no know, I mean, this had one clove, clove.
4: that, that means a uh, Yes, this is not really gumbo, but whatever. I'm sure it would taste good. But Where's secondarily,
2: one clove of garlic is not enough garlic for anything. What are we doing here, people? It, what, like, the whole time, we're going down and I'm like, okay, we're making spaghetti sauce. Okay, we're making spaghetti sauce. Okay, we're making spaghetti sauce. Okay, now we're putting paprika in spaghetti sauce. Okay, we're making spaghetti sauce. Oh, look, we put it over rice.
3: So there's the ratings of this recipe i'm gonna guess Uh, great. all right out of five stars guess what you think they they
0: got here this is a three
4: yeah this feels like a three in that like is it gumbo no is
2: it edible probably yeah how are the pictures are the pictures nice because it's a four and a half if the pictures are nice
3: Uh, i i linked the i'll link the food network thing here you can look at this is
2: a food network thing yes this is just
0: some random this is a two
4: Oh, God. Yeah, this is nope. a two. This is
0: a two. It, aged prov- I, I just spelled it myself, but it says aged provolone for grading. Who's grading provolone on top of your fucking
3: gumball? That's a great question. Did
1: you see
2: whose recipe this is? Because just, it answers I every question.
3: So I'm looking at the comments here. It's three and a half stars. Uh, somebody rates it four stars, something to try. I want to see this one, one star. And it's just somebody just mad at the host.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Morrow is responsible for this nightmare.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, which
2: should answer anyone's questions if they've watched enough Food he Network.
0: was he was the asshole that started the whole what is a sandwich thing and i really like he started with sandwich discord in 2012 and i'm done with this we haven't heard about the pac-12 media deal yet that's no. fine but we got days. some news and and pick girl i'm gonna go to you for this yes how excited are you to see hit and cincy play on the cw <laughs>
4: Well, I will be in Pittsburgh for that game. So, unfortunately, I will not see it airing on the CW with my own eyes because I will be watching the game in 3D with my own eyes.
0: Oh, yeah. stereoscopic um, vision. Such a cool evolutionary thing. Yeah. I'm going to
2: record this for you on VHS. Oh, excellent. It, That's it's gonna, that,
0: You got to do it on VHS.
2: part of the vibe.
4: I just really, really hope that like its lead in is like, here's some old episodes of Rain. Here's some old episodes of Supernatural. Smash cut games on. No pregame, no nothing. Just like what, end of supernatural. What kind of music do you Bam. think?
0: What kind of music do you think CW has lined up for football?
4: carry on my way? We're talking about to that too. <laughs> Michigan, so Michigan J, J Frog would
0: be good. I'm thinking. I'm thinking theme to Star Trek Enterprise here. Go back to the. Yeah. Go what's, go what's back to the, go back to the classics. What's Paula Cole doing? What is she good, doing? Good, good Where question.
4: have all the Paula
3: Coles gone? Where have all the Paula Coles gone? That is correct.
0: I was looking up what the CW is actually showing now, and it's even like scarier than I thought it was. Because they've canceled all of like their show shows.
4: Yeah, all the decent CW shows insofar as there are these decent CW shows are either over or just got canceled. Like Riverdale just got canceled. So like wh- what is even happening on the Wait, CW Riverdale was like
0: Archie but with witches, right?
4: Yeah, I didn't really watch it, but people liked it.
0: I'm too old for basically everything CW. I mean, I I was a UPN person because that's where I watched Star Trek. It was, it was UPN and, and WB that... Yep. Smashed together to form this monstrosity right okay that's correct mm-hmm. that's correct i watched buffy back in the day yep that was yeah that's that's where all of mine goes too but yeah now it's just they canceled yeah this all to of their me DC is stuff. like
2: buffy angel and dawson's creek
0: right and <laughs> was, now was it's
3: on that too or whatever
2: it yes. sure was,
0: okay. yeah, it was. Yeah, also, and, yes. and gilmore girls totally. they canceled all of that though and now they're running things like inside the nfl season 46 are they just... boy Island.
4: There appears to be a Nancy Drew show that I was not aware of. Hmm.
1: How aware are you of Nancy Drew media and the extended media universe?
4: Uh, I mean, a- the, I, d- I was not aware that there was a TV show, but having been a female child i was very aware of the book series because my mom grew up reading them so she was like it, i read these you should read these so i did
2: nancy drew is nancy drew is kind of a weird gateway drug that way because you were a hop a skip and a jump away from horse girl world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you start down that path like it's tread carefully oh yeah
0: Hardy Boys. that was that was my jam
2: and the boxcar children
0: and the Boxcar yes. Children, the happy the happiest orphans in the world.
1: I read every one of those up until I think the early two thousands,
0: and then they made a hundred more after that. Mm-hmm. I found that out about goosebumps. Like I thought goosebumps had just died off a noble death. No, they've made nope. forty bajillion goosebumps.
1: Yeah, he sold the rights to that name, and I think there were a bunch of ghost writers under after he had made all his millions. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Oh, you just take the name and they were still writing the books. Mm-hmm.
0: They we're recently those things out at like yeah. a book every two months that's insane yeah that's
4: mm-hmm. what happened with the happened with the babysitter's club too
0: i do have a story that sort of tails into this acc thing if you guys will just sit with me for a second it's been a crazy weekend right uh mm-hmm. i had something really weird happen at my lawn oh, no. part of my part of my lawn collapsed Uh-oh. yeah there was a giant pit in my front yard oh no uh, no worries though because i called my friend pierre who's really good at fixing things he's super french though and he wants me to try to at least speak french to him when i call him so I called and said, Hey, Miami, Miami, my, my, Pierre. I told him what was going on and he agreed to come over and see what was up. Pierre pulled up. We started chit chatting. I wasn't sure if his kid was still at university or if he was done. So I asked, Oh, I asked, Oh, is, is Bo Beau, Bo still in college? Oh yeah. No, Bo's done. Bo's done college. Boss, 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 Bo's <sighs> done college. I'm sure Pierre really appreciates oh. the extra money in the bank. His family is actually from nobility way back. Uh, in fact, he's a Duke, but I guess they don't have much money anymore. <clears throat> After Pierre looked at the giant hole in my lawn, he said he needed a drink first before he dealt with it. My friend Virgil actually distills his own gin, which is pretty cool. And Pierre, last, Pierre likes martinis, and I asked him, Virgin, yeah? Virgin, Virgin? yeah? But you know, I wasn't oh. sure if I still had any, so I went inside to make sure. And I yelled out the door, oh yeah, Virgin, yeah? Check? Tech? Oh, jeez, Jordan. Good. So I made him a martini, and Pierre started filling the hole with the extra dirt he'd brought over in his truck. I asked him where he got it. He said he picked it up before a funeral. He'd been to when he noticed some area with the trees next to the building oh it's was in the wakes forest uh, he took a sip of the martini though and he hated it i guess it was the gin he asked for some red wine and i said what kind and why he said oh syracuse syracuse i like cuz syracuse i like syracuse out like syracuse. Like syracuse. Like syracuse i like funny you got it uh, my wife also <laughs> brought some fresh fruit for him those like those little, little little orange fruits and he said oh thanks for the clims, hun boo the- oh. So going, hey, you know that astronaut that went to the moon, Jim <laughs> Lovell? You know, you know him? Yeah, the, the space program is crazy. While they were in space, they had to navigate by the stars. Did you guys know that? Jim's wife Carol actually taught him how to do that. They'd chill together and they'd draw a line going north. And then Jim would say, Hey, that's North Carol's line, yeah? But then when they got into space, turns out they had a machine that this other guy built. Jim Jim Lovell went, Oh, that's George's tech, yeah? Oh yeah. But make sure the that thing is north-centered alignment oh in the NC state yeah double check and about what about that fuel flow in the a jet what's the status oh the flow ride a state yeah everything's good is it good is everything yeah. good Jordan it is got all of them oh my god got all of them
1: I say it's really impressive don't listen to them Jordan
0: it's fine no it was art
4: Listener. I, really- I agree completely Listener. You, you, because podcasting is not a visual medium you cannot see us as soon as jordan got started all four of us were sitting here with our hands over our eyes like i, I don't know about
0: y'all i, should take a still.
3: I don't know
4: about <laughs> y'all but
3: you know i really want a bowsden college shirt yeah yeah. bows, bow's, bow's
0: done college bow's yeah there we go
3: it's beautiful bows done college. Make bow's a shirt. college whatever make a design i will put that on the store for how bad that is all right see
4: this is we've missed an opportunity in um, that, Bow next transferred to Oregon and not BC. Yeah. Well,
2: think- you promised us a more tortured pun for Clemson, and you did it.
0: I did. I didn't just do Clemson. Yeah. Clem's Hun. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. like he turns Canadian in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. It's hard to do fucking states. <laughs> They're not. They don't roll well. V- virgin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait, just wait, until, just wait until I start running out of conferences to do and I have to go to, like, football positions or football terms or names of old coaches. I'm going to keep doing this because it makes me happy. And in all honesty.
3: I had I had this pit in my yard and I'm like, oh, here, here you go. Great. It's coming. It is, it is. We ain't stopping this shit.
2: That's where I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, God, how many schools hey, are in the ACC hey, now? No, oh, no.
3: <laughs> Jordan,
0: can can you meet my in-laws and do this for them? I mean, I'd love to. I, I can do it in Spanish, too. <laughs> Thank you. My puns are funnier in Spanish. I oh, the, the last thing I want to talk about before we get to our best season of all time, it's something I dropped in the chat if you all look it up. Oh. I had an opinion on Twitter, which means my opinion was bad. <laughs> and they were talking about Flavor Ice, but I put up Otter Pops here. I think the Flavor Ice flavors are basically the same. Just I think colors, they, yeah. I think they swap out one of them. Let me see. Flavor Ice. Fl-
4: flavor Ice has pink instead of yellow. There's pink. Okay, yeah.
0: there's there's pink instead of yellow. What what yeah. are they gonna what do they call them? The pink strawberry? I, it's
4: pink. I, they don't have pink, names. It's pink. pink. pink I, I, it might
2: even be pink lemonade. Sure. Yeah. By the way, it is a god tier flavor.
1: Wait, are we are we talking about Italian ice? No,
0: no. no. We're, we're talking about like we're talking about like otter pops or oh okay like, yeah like ice. the
4: Joker the plastic sleeve. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I got the,
1: those ice pops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Jersey, we call it. Italian ice in, in Philly they call it water ice I just want to make sure
0: yes we are not talking about dome. that so no, flavor, fla- flavor ice claims that their flavors are lemon lime orange berry punches the blue strawberry tropical punches the pink and grape in my basic opinion boiled down to they're all fine except the grape is trash and green that's and my red opinion. are the best ones but are there any that you're going to throw away and oh I, I would love throw the away the pink green. ones the green but... is garbage
4: oh no green's so good I'll, tra- a- I'll trade you the green ones for the pink ones, Beth. and we
0: can we finally
2: found a second thing we disagree about.
0: <laughs> I, that's why I like the lemon lime harito so much because it just tastes like you melted a green a green ice pop into it.
3: If there are all of these that I have to choose from, I'm reaching for grape last. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's the other thing. And then they were just like, oh, your blue is too low. and then like people just replying to your list, just dropping the letter L on your list. Yeah. <laughs> just like what did you have green first or
0: something? Yes, because the green's the best. The green tastes so good. I had, I, th- I think I had green first, like pinks. I don't know what it was. The important things were green first, purple last. That is that is the immutable fact.
2: What is your objection to the purple? My objection to the purple and the flavorized side of it is that it is the flavor that is gone the fastest. Like, I feel like if I'm going to sit there and do the thing where you try to suck all the oh, juice out okay. of it, like, f- a grape has a half-life of milliseconds. Mm. Before you are left with just like, oh look, it's weird, funny, pitted ice, grape. I
0: think my problem with grape is that it tastes like grape. It tastes like that awful purple grape.
3: Yeah. Just what one of our committee members has been on the pod before, Mike said. Uh it, grapes incredible amazing delicious grape flavored things awful atrocious would rather die than consume
2: i'm of the opinion that they got artificial grape flavoring right exactly once and that time was dimetap and all other uh, all other attempts have been <laughs> a failure been
3: able to hit it like the dimetap does yes apparently
2: japanese grape flavored candy is fabulous um, i'm sorry
4: blue <laughs> they they make like I don't know what it is, but like Haichu and like all the other Japanese candies do grape the right way. But American grape flavoring is trash. I will admit.
0: It's sort of like how I can't remember what the flavor is. Whatever we consider to be basically, Are you
4: talking about banana.
0: It's whatever is black currant in the in the UK.
4: Oh, it's like I think black raspberry here.
0: Oh, it's something else that's really bizarre. I can't I can't find it right now. But anyways, yeah, like what they call black currant flavored candy in the US, whatever the chemical that means is black currant <laughs> is not, is something else in the United States. Apparently in purple Skittles outside of America are black currant. I did not know that. I just think that the idea of it anything is okay about those fucking grape pops is just offensive to me. I'm just to, drop to some... inform
4: you that there's a whole Wikipedia page about black currant production in the United States that includes the thing about Skittles.
0: So. There's there was a whole like, black currants had like a had a fungus or something in the States and they stopped production, which is why we just don't have black currant, anything in the States.
4: It's too bad. Cause honestly, Ribena uh,
0: slaps. Yes. It's great. Uh, black currant liqueur. Is that black currant liqueur? Is that what you're talking about?
4: No, it's soda. It's like, um, I had it when I was in Ireland. It's very common in the UK. Um, it's available flat and sparkling. I had it sparkling. It's really good. It's like, not like grape, but it's kind of like grape soda.
2: Very good. Would recommend.
0: Uh, Cassis. That's the name of the flavor. In, oh. like for as an alcohol cassis is black currant I,
2: I have several black currant bushes growing in my backyard <gasps>
0: the crimes. Oh no impressive mm-hmm. fda is gonna yep. come jumping in i posted the six traditional otter pops we talked about before Lou blue, louis blue raspberry strawberry short kook sir isaac lime alexander the great poncho punch and little orphan orange but there are more there's cosmic coconut I read that as cosmonaut originally i was like this is impressive major mango And Anita Fruit Punch. Don't know about that one. Well, let's plug some things. First off, we have- We're not discussing
2: DJ Tropical.
0: Oh, I probably- Yeah, sorry. Yes, DJ Tropical.
2: (laughs) Who looks like he's wearing high tops.
1: Also, of all of these names, not wearing pants. All the rest of them have on pants.
2: That is a good point.
4: Although if you scroll up, some of them have clothes on and some of them don't. Louis Blue Blue Raspberry and Alexander the Grape and Poncho Punch are wearing clothes and everyone else appears to be naked?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, sir. So I'm pulling off the website because this is canonical now. Sir Isaac Lime is just straight on nude.
2: Is Little Orphan Orange nude because they can't afford clothes at the orphanage?
0: She, she, Little Orphan Orange, she has a skirt and a puppy who she can't afford to feed. Oh.
1: <laughs> and a bow. She has a bow as well.
0: You'll be happy to know also that Louis Blue Raspberry is French and a pervert because he is wearing a shirt but no pants.
2: <laughs> just out here Donald Duckin.
0: yeah he's porky pigging right. it absolutely that's that you know what that's what the blue ice pop is so now let's go into some things so you guys can pay us money because you enjoy this so much <laughs> <laughs> we have our patreon for five dollars a month you can come and t- yell at us in the discord about which flavors you prefer or don't prefer and why my opinions are wrong you can also talk to us about we have things like conference previews coming up. We're trying to get ideas about that. We also drop all sorts of previews for things in the Sickos Committee Discord. Whenever I have a new idea or someone has an idea for me, post it there. We have new content coming up to the Patreon. We have some short podcast episodes, including Commission's Corner. We have also coming up Beth and my just basically reviewing bite songs and things like that. Then we have our Sickos merch store, sickos committeeselfiestore the link at the top of our Twitter account. We're selling shirts we have a tank top because it's so hot out we have stickers we got water bottles we got a mouse pad yeah we may have it's a shirt
3: for bows done college done Bo- college. Yeah. college yes
0: happy graduation bow bows Dun
3: college Bowsden bows
0: college. college also shout out to the message board geniuses podcast they go to the awful places that we will never go <laughs> until we get the girl a uh no panther done <laughs> panther Den. <laughs> whatever it's called. Panther Lair. Yeah, whatever, Panther, Day, Panther Lair, it's fine. I was looking through some of their stuff today, and I think one of my favorites as of this week was, could Notre Dame be losing recruits when other coaches tell them they would have to go to class and study? We, we ain't come to play school. We come to remove ribs and wear them as, wear them <laughs> as a necklace. Next up, transfer portal and the No contacts Football season preview for 2023. Commish wrote this beautiful article for them in their preview it's 10 US dollars 999 technically you get a pdf that covers every fbs school and their preview for the comp, preview for the next year more than we could ever talk about if you need to just get a top level view of what's going on next year you need to remember who's in conference USA and who's playing who that's the place to go we also have our sub stack where we write long form things. We're going to have our potato chip ratio up soon. Whenever that gets done. I think Kamish I figured out how to scrape some data for you.
3: Okay. If you can scrape some data that'll help because I was doing this uh, for a couple of schools and I'm just, yeah, please scrape some data. So with got the Substack, we may wind up doing a paid tier because this has been incredibly labor-intensive.
0: And then lastly, we love home-filled apparel. We wear their beautiful soft shirts. Hit Girl's rocking one right now. Is she?
4: I am not. I'm wearing I'm a 2021 peach bowl shirt, but I was making those arms because today we got an announcement that there is a pit refresh coming this oh, weekend. Yeah. Also, Yukon and Syracuse, if that's your bag, so get hype.
0: Are we gonna have? Are we gonna have Ottercat? I don't know. I'm excited to see.
4: Dino Cat is vintage now.
3: I mean, what Larry Fitzgerald played in what 2003?
4: Uh-huh. 20 years. Dino but Cat yeah, is that, vintage.
3: It's it's vintage now. It's lovely to see the Big East getting these refreshes. I know. All right. This is F- <laughs> Big East week reunited and it I, feels so good
2: i so badly wanted it to be called Velocicactor whenever <laughs> it was in first circulation and i could never make it catch on maybe this time i'll try again
0: i believe in you remember that if you haven't bought from them before use promo code guess ha 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 yes that's 3 ha's to get 15% off your first order and enjoy the softness yourself if you're thinking ahead you're going to want something for the for the fall get a hoodie get two because if you have someone else in your life they're going to take the first one assume it's gone dogger pants get two because the first set they're gone
3: look, look in the the discord the patreon discord just look is
0: that uh is that a funko pop of an otter pop yes. oh my god is that jesus it's alexander yes? the Great. alexander the Great. i no i think i think that's jesus or, or, or I would recognize Caesar. those um, sandals anywhere. Or that's Caesar. I can't tell. You know, render unto Alexander's what is Alexander's.
3: It's it's Caesar the, the dressing autopop.
0: Just the cold, dead eyes. That's it, right? It's the cold, it's the deadness of the eyes. That's common to all the Funko Pops, though.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh god, there's all of them.
2: Yes. Oh no. Oh my
0: god, there's all of them. There's little Orphan
4: Orange. And Sir Isaac Lyme continues to be. It's extremely naked, except it's for still his glasses. Nude.
2: And the French it one doesn't... is still a pervert. <laughs> sir isaac lime doesn't even look like he's holding a telescope it looks like he's holding a pepper grinder
3: <laughs> More, there's so much pepper there's so much pepper, More pepper here. sir More pepper. fresh cracked pepper sir that's too much pepper he calls it a pepper tomato also up he here.
2: looks like my dad
0: <laughs> it is a great mustache
2: little
4: orphan orange comes with an extremely soulless looking dog too
0: oh yeah no, you get the accessories with little orphan orange yeah louis blue raspberry is still a pervert without pants it's weird Let's go on to something more entertaining. We did, we did bring Blue on tonight to talk about many things, but especially this. We're going to go on to our – so this is not part – this is part – this is now a 41-part series. Yes. And we're on part 33, I believe. This is a special – we,
3: we call it part 32A.
0: There we go. Oh, our 40-part series. Yes. Our best season of all time for teams for below 500 all time. Both Satchwa AB 500 at – and our special team for tonight is the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devil. Blue? What you got?
1: Yeah, so uh, I actually had a conversation with the commish about this because there are several teams in the HBCU world that meet the criteria. I put together an outline, sent it to the commish, and then commish dug up all the old newspapers. Um, <laughs> so I'm really glad he did that. But the Delta Devils have only been a program since 1953, and they are below 500. So I was Hoping that you all would be able to have them come on to this program, and I'm glad that you were able to fit me in uh, as part 32A.
3: The Delta Devils—they've been around, as you said, since 1953. Their winning percentage all time is is uh basically 43% of the time, so 432, almost the same winning percentage as Rice, okay. uh, which which Rice is 119th out of 131. Uh, so basically, Mississippi Valley State and Rice about the same level
0: they are in the range of columbia it tells you that columbia has been playing football since like 18 whatever and columbia is still basically pulling like a like Wait, a 40
4: is columbia the kent state of the ivy league is yes. that what i'm getting here okay you're,
0: you're, you're absolutely correct they have they have been garbage all the time
4: okay today i learned
1: Columbia is 1870, so a year after football came, Columbia started a team,
0: and, and, and been Rice bad started at- their team in 1912. Columbia's been bad at it for so long. Columbia claims an 1875 national title, I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about Mississippi Valley State and the Delta Jump.
3: Mississippi Valley State has three conference titles in the SCAC, which is the South Central Athletic Conference. Uh, basically, it was equivalent to Division II now. Uh, but since they moved to Division I and the SWAC in 1969, I do not believe they have any conference titles.
1: That is correct. The SCAC was an HBCU uh, conference at the Division II level. Most of those teams, they're your Jackson State, your Togaloos, most of those teams stepped up uh, a level to the SWAC, which was Division One, won AA, and then continued on to FCS, Football uh, Championship Subdivision. Uh, but uh, Mississippi Valley has never won a conference uh, as
3: a member of the SWAC to this point. Soon, maybe. We can hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. They're, they're located in ETA. Uh, you, you say it better than me, Blue it, Itabina, Mississippi. Absolutely.
1: Itabina, That's Mississippi. Right. That's
3: right. That's right. And of course they are a swack. No, no doubting that. So the best team of all time for them, the nineteen eighty-four Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Their head coach was Archie Gunslinger Cooley. What a nickname. That is
0: oh God. More more nicknames, please.
3: Uh he had they they have a book about him on Amazon. It's 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 thirty bucks right now. Uh, It's Archie Gunslinger Cooley, The Making of a Football Legend. I mean, it looks like a great read. There's some good stuff on the back of it. I linked it in the doc. It looks like something that'd be fun to read, especially after going through this team and digging up those newspaper articles. There's some good stuff here, and this is probably like a story that not many people know, and that's why we want to tell it. The history of Mr. Gunslinger Cooley. Uh, He played for Jackson State as a center and a linebacker, so definitely the two most gunslinging positions. Known to man, let's say yeah. That's
0: yeah. That's a that's a gunslinger spot, definitely.
3: So every snap is a is a, is a that's
0: shot. That's right. I every mean, not a shotgun a snap. snap
3: shot. Just I mean, he's he's gunslinging it between his legs. So wait, that's that doesn't sound right.
0: <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> that yeah. sounds pretty bad. <laughs> Phrasing. Call, call me a gunslinger. Oh yeah.
1: As I learned speaking with Beth, the snap does not have to go through the center's legs.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope.
3: True. I mean, he could be he could have been slinging it to. Now nah, I'm gonna stop there.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> red
3: light you you can
2: sling it as long as it is slung directly backwards in one fluid motion very
3: true that's correct cooley began his coaching (laughs) career at southside high school in heidelberg mississippi where he worked for seven years from then from 1971 to 1973 he was a linebacker and defensive line coach at alcorn state university cooley moved to tennessee state university in 1974 as a linebacker coach as some of the stuff with these programs these hbcu we get limited information and is, this is History. really exemplified by the wiki entry because it says Tennessee state 1974 to question mark.
1: Yeah. So if I could jump in really quickly, commission, a lot of these HBCUs have limited staff. So if you go to somewhere, for example, even say Alabama, or if you go to Auburn, even if you go to LSU, even if you go to ULM. These are schools that have entire departments in their athletic department devoted to keeping careful stats, careful tracking of what's happening on the field. You can find any year listed word for word what happened in one place. A lot of HBCUs don't have the staffing for that. So when he was at Tennessee State, he might have been the linebackers coach. He may have also had several other jobs. He might have been t- tending to the turf. He might have been also doing tutoring. You know, you're wearing a lot of hats at these HBCUs, particularly in this time frame. And what probably happened is between 1974 and 1980, when we do pick up where he's at again he may have left the university taken another job he may not have been getting paid while he was working at tennessee state on some of these you know interior linebacker position. like that doesn't exist in this time frame so he was probably doing a lot and he wasn't getting paid to compensate that a lot and so he might have take a step, taken a step back
5: at that time
4: the other thing here and i remember mentioning this when i was on blue's podcast check out feed your mascot it's a great show. Um, Is that the other thing that you have for primarily white institutions is more media attention and more media spotlight and external record keeping that is much more robust than it would be for a smaller institution and a historically black institution as well. So even if LSU screws up their their record keeping ESPN is still keeping independent stats. That is very much not the case for small schools and HBCUs, unfortunately. Uh, I was able
3: to do some digging and found out some more some stuff about his Tennessee State time. Cooley was an assistant coach in charge of the scout team. He developed offensive plays to run against the first string in practice. His playbook consisted of hundreds of plays. They were the type of plays that any local neighborhood kid playing quarterback in a pickup game could draw up in the dirt using twigs and bottle caps. And
0: they worked. Can I shout out one thing about him? Just like one weird, one fun fact that I have a connection to. Go ahead. You guys will look at his tenure. He was at Paul Quinn College in 2006. Paul Quinn yep. is an NAIA school. It's an HBCU in South Dallas. One of the coolest yep. things about their program is they shuttered their football program in 06 to create a farm. Oh, yeah. I read about this. The We Over Me Farm. And they. I have gone down there for a bunch of events. It's a great campus, great faculty, great staff, great kids. And I say kids in the context of 18 to 22 because I'm old as shit. <laughs> but what they're doing down there to try to like, help the fact that they're in an absolute food desert has been nothing short of amazing. Shout out to Paul Quinn College and their farm and all the stuff they're working on. at.
1: Kamish, if I can, I wanna flesh out just a little bit of his Tennessee State time right. before you kinda of move on. While he was at Tennessee State, that was they were independent, so they weren't in the Ohio Valley Conference yet, and they actually were under the coach by the name of John Merritt. So recently, if you've ever listened to, maybe, say, one of the Split Zones Duo podcast, they talk about Jake <laughs> Gaither, and everyone knows about Eddie Robinson Jr. He's really a legendary coach. We don't really talk about a lot of the other coaches in the HBCU world. John Merritt coached at Tennessee State for 20 years, and he won at least five Black national championships that we kept track of. And then when he retired and left that very next year, Tennessee State won another Black national championship. He actually put a lot of talent on the field. He would; They were running around playing any HBCU that would have them, including my alma mater, Norfolk State, a small time team at the time. And, and, but they were this was another one of those coaching trees that kind of proliferated through the sport, particularly the HBCU game. And. We just don't really talk about it, um, but John John Merritt was one of those great coaches that we just like was putting all types of crazy stuff on the field, allowing his coaches to do what uh, Coach Cooley, the gunslinger, was
3: up to. Cooley finally gets hired, uh, first head coaching job. He gets the job at Mississippi Valley State. The success that Cooley achieved at Mississippi Valley State is attributed to his design of his innovative Satellite Express passing offense. It was a no huddle offense featuring five wide receivers. Now this is like 1980 oh, yes. and you're running five yes. yards. It's insane. It's amazing. And it's no huddle. Cooley led the Mississippi State Delta Devils to their only Division I AA playoff appearance in 1984, the year we're talking about. The 1984 uh, Delta Devils football team set different passing, receiving, and scoring records that featured Jerry Rice and quarterback Willie Totten. To this day... Rex. To this day, Cooley is the winningest coach in the history of the Delta Devil football program. He also served as an associate professor at the same time, as you were talking about Blue, as a physical education professor at Mississippi Valley State. So wearing a lot of hats, teaching classes, and coaching, the Satellite Express offense consisted of those five wide receiver sets, sometimes lined up in the slots, and other times they lined up in a devastating formation known as stack holy shit in this formation four wide receivers lined up single file on one side with a single wide receiver on the other side and on the other side by himself was jerry fucking rice <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? and just daring someone to throw oh my ball
2: goes here yes. i love the fact that we have these positions all labeled by just letters just like y h z f and then we have a box that just says jerry rice <laughs>
1: So I, I want to touch on this because the system that they're running at the time is cutting edge. So you've got to think of the time and place 1984. This is around the time that BYU wins their only national championship, basically running an air raid. You've got on that coaching staff, a young Mike Leach, uh, excuse me, the late, young Mike Leach is a, is a young man at this time figuring out how to actually put this onto the field San Diego the Chargers they're running the air royale system at this time Dan Fouts is throwing all over the field and this same Innovation is happening in the HBCU game. So, where everyone, you have to think, this is the swag. So, Eddie Robinson Jr. is active at Grambling State at this time, and he's running bully ball, big boys lining up, three yards in the cloud of dust, student body left, student body right. And then at this small school, they're like, you know what? We got five wide receivers. We're going to throw the ball 75 times a game. Stop us. And we have the best wide receiver in HBCU history over there. We got four guys who are going to catch a lot and one guy who's going to set every
3: record in a record. It's, it's, this is a lot of fun. I love this team just because of the innovation and the really, when you, you have a small team and you're in a small town, do something crazy like this. Like, just go for it. And they went for it. The Delta Devils definitely went for it. At the snap of the ball, the receivers adjusted their routes and found open space to make plays. So essentially, everybody had an option route. So you really didn't know what's going on. The defense didn't know what hit them. In addition, the Delta Devils ran this with a no huddle. So just imagine every play, just seeing this formation, just making you just completely dizzy to see something like this. It's it's nuts. And they they essentially ran the drill, uh, the two minute drill for the entire game. And I, a writer that I found he called it sixty minutes of hell. So I don't know if you I don't know if you remember Nolan Richardson from. Uh, Arkansas had coaching days for basketball he would press the entire game and it was called 40 minutes of hell Mm -hmm. but this one was called 60 minutes of hell as you can see his record you know gunslinger Cooley here finished 42 27 and 2 with Mississippi Valley State so that is that is they're still their head coaching record for wins is 42.
1: I want to kind of jump in again it's Poetic that you have the Delta Devils being identified as having 60 minutes of hell on the field. They're going out there every game. They're taking a kickoff. They're asking for the ball first. And then they're saying, we're going to run. We're not going to stop. You're not going to stop us. And they're just going up and down the field. And one of the things you're going to see as we start to look at these scores, you would think, oh, that's going to lead to a lot of points. And in some cases, it does. But in a lot of cases, that defense is getting a lot of stops to get the offense the ball back.
3: Let's go to the schedule. Uh, so I, I threw out their schedule here, and then I have like game summaries. Basically, I'm, I'm giving you the information about uh, the quarterback Willie Totten and you know Jerry World Rice. Uh, at the time, he was known as World Rice because apparently he would he had a great catch radius, and they said that he caught everything uh, around the world. A lot of fun. Uh, um, check
0: out. Uh, I just dropped in the chat. Check out. Uh, Archie Cooley. Oh, yeah, make sure. Archie Cooley. Yes. in the cowboy hat just hollering at refs. Beautiful. It's great. God. Just a
3: great look too. rural Mississippi with a cowboy hat that yeah. F- F fits good. It's yeah.
1: classic, classic. Jerry Rice, uh, just to touch on it, his father was a, a stonemason. So he was a bricklayer. And one of the things that his brother would do was throw bricks at Jerry. And if Jerry dropped it, that would mean that he would have to pay because those bricks were work bricks and he couldn't, they couldn't afford to lose out. So he developed his ability to catch anything
3: around him by literally catching bricks from his brother who would throw them out. Definitely gotta develop soft hands too, because if
5: Uh, you don't catch Mm -hmm. those bricks
3: correctly, you're gonna hurt your hands. Mm -hmm. That's right. Definitely. So go into the season, uh, September 1st, 1984, the Delta Devils traveled to Alumni Stadium in Frankfort, Kentucky. To play the Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, love that nickname. Uh, it's a great nickname. It's fantastic. They were led by the Satellite Express, mm-hmm. consisting of Willie Satellite Totten and Jerry World Rice. On this day, the Devils could not be stopped, and they <laughs> unleashed a shot across the bow of HBCU football, winning the game eighty-six nothing. Who?
1: Kentucky State is a member of the SIAC, the SIAC. This is a Division Two conference full of HBCUs. They were not prepared for this. If you can even take a look and, and commission, if you don't mind just calling it out, there were only 1300 people in this stadium. Yeah. The stadium seats 2000. Yes. No one expected what happened today, yeah. but the moment that it happened, they knew something is coming to HBCU. So,
3: let, let me just read the stats for Jerry Rice here. Rice caught 17 passes for 294 yards in five touchdowns. Totten <sighs> threw nine touchdown passes on the day. Wow. <laughs> line goes up that's right so (laughs) blue blue road here to prove this game was no fluke. the delta devils then beat washburn in topeka kansas 77 to 15.
0: oh my god just
3: yes bodies the the delta devils destroyed them 77 15. jerry rice i'm just gonna give you the stats here they're kind of low yardage wise but he caught 15 passes for 139 yards and a touchdown willie satellite totten Completed 36 of 55 passes for 402 yards and six touchdowns. However, he did throw one interception. So (laughs) it wasn't awkward.
1: If we did it at Dittmer for this this season, (laughs) I should have asked. I was just
3: wondering.
0: He's so so small.
3: Well, I don't know how many INTs he's thrown. You know, there's maybe a little foreshadowing here. So starting in the conference play in the SWAC against their in-state rivals, the next game against Jackson State, they go to Jackson State, uh, who was – I believe they were ranked 18th at the time or no, 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 uh, Mississippi Valley state was ranked 18th. Ranked
1: yes. 18th. Mississippi Valley would have been okay, ranked. In ranked. Three. All right.
3: Yes. Mississippi Valley state had not beaten Jackson state in 27 years. Holy.
1: They were the little brother for sure. Yes.
3: So, I mean, Jackson state, biggest city in, in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. It's a Mississippi, very tiny, very, very small. I don't even know what their population is now. Very small town in Mississippi compared to that. So they had not
0: 1,600, how much 1,600, the students
3: that go to Mississippi Valley state, basically almost they could just increase the population of the the city. They could like double, triple it. Sometimes depending on how many students they have, they were able to beat Jackson state. They won the game 49 to 32. And this was great. Totten threw for 526 yards and six touchdowns. Whew. Jerry Rice caught 15 of the passes for 284 yards and four touchdowns.
0: I can't imagine
1: so seeing I... this.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'll be candid with you, Jordan. Neither could Jackson State. Right. So, when this ha- so I want to be very clear about the state of HBCU football in Mississippi at this time. At the time, the game that was being played between the two biggest HBCUs, so this is Alcorn and this is Jackson, Jackson State, is called. The capital city classic because the game is only played in Jackson, Mississippi. At the time, Alcorn had a very small field, and Jackson State was able to convince the legislature to only have this game played in Jackson, Mississippi. So all of Mississippi's HBCU football was being played in Jackson, and Memorial Stadium, where Jackson State plays, is huge comparatively. It's off campus, mm-hmm. but it seats almost 60,000 people. And they oh, fill it. Yeah. Right. And they fill it when when the Soul Bowl, which is Jackson State and Allcorn, is being played. And so Itabina, who hadn't won in 27 years, shows up and they they explode for points. This game was never in question. Jackson State did not stop
3: scoring. They scored on almost every possession. And Jack and Jackson State didn't know what hit them. So oh, my God. Mississippi Valley State just blowing up all over Jackson State. The Delta Devils rampage through the swack began. Consecutive wins began to pile up as the Delta Devils beat number 11 Southern 63 to 45 in Baton Rouge.
0: They're just uh, like every game yeah. is a thousand points. Oh, it, my God. you like it's points?
4: About, I heard you
3: like points. I heard you like points. I do. Do you like points? I love points. Do you love like it. yards from Willie Satellite Totten? He threw for 526 of them, six touchdowns. Rice hauled in seventeen passes for one hundred and eighty nine yards and two touchdowns. I feel like that was a low game yards wise, but he caught a lot of balls.
1: Yes, but he's he's averaging ten yards a catch.
3: Yeah, true. I, I I mean, I mean he's averaging
1: ball, a first down every time he every talks, That's time he ball.
3: catches the ball. It's a so... first down. Just just nonstop, no huddle. Jerry Rice coming at you the entire game. I God, just imagine if you're a defensive back how scared shitless you those are
0: the but those are the kinds of stories man like someone's telling his grandkids like i got smoked by jerry rice when i was in college like that's my big story
3: i mean my story is like i played baseball against eli manning but you know getting smoked against jerry rice is, is 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 probably a better story than me just playing baseball against eli the next game they go and they play grambling state in the circle city classic in indianapolis in the hoosier dome
0: okay
1: This is, this is before the RCA don't, this is around the time that the Baltimore Colts become the Indianapolis Colts. And the Circle City Classic had been some of the only football played in Indianapolis to that point. And it's been a big, it's a huge, the classics are huge in HBCU ball. Every school has a classic that's theirs or that they share with their biggest rival. And the Circle City Classic has been Indianapolis football for about as long as there's been football in the HBCU game. It's still played to this day.
3: They, they won that game against Grambling uh, 48-36, and that's against the, you know, the great Eddie Robinson. Uh, Rice, that's correct. Rice had eight catches for 174, two touchdowns. Willie Totten, 545 yards passing. They beat Texas Southern the next week, 55-42. I could not find much information, but I did get a stat line for Jerry Rice. Uh, he had four catches for 104. And then they go back home. Only two touchdowns. Only two touchdowns. Only two. But it's weird. They scored 55, and he only had two touchdowns. But I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. But a lot of these, some of these, like, the game gets out of hand, and then they just stop playing in the third quarter. Yeah. And then the other team just racks yeah. up points at that point. The next game, they're home in magnolia stadium they they play prairie view for homecoming my god
0: oh my god prairie view (laughs)
2: this is their this is their home opener on october 27th oh that's right
3: that's right yeah
0: oh yeah it it, it is
3: it is really truly homecoming that's right (laughs) that's
0: true
3: their homecoming win they they beat prairie view 71 to (laughs) 6
0: jesus
3: Willie Totten, 599 yards passing. I, I'm sure he's pretty upset he didn't get 600. Eight touchdowns. Jerry Rice had 10 catches, 198 for five touchdowns.
2: So Just a touchdown wanna, on half of his catches.
3: Yeah.
1: Averaging 20 yards a catch, five mm-hmm. touchdowns in the game. I want to really stump for something here. Prairie View A&M had what we'll call a bit of a rough patch at this time. Um, Prairie View A&M goes through about, uh, about as futile an existence as there can be. Um, for about three decades, they didn't win a game. They literally fielded a football team that did not win a football game. And this isn't, this isn't like regular Texas. I want to be clear. This is the agricultural school for the Black community in Texas, and they are really bad at football. And so seeing them be successful in the modern era, so in the modern era of the SWAC, they do really well. Yeah. And they're competitive. They just took somebody's, I think they just took Southern's coach not that long ago. They are an exceptional program now. But before it wasn't it, This is about as bad a football team as could have been,
3: and Mississippi Valley State showed it. You know, it's funny. I showed them I looked up, how bad I looked up Prairie View A They're still over five hundred all time. So
1: which, is, right.
2: which is amazing it's when amazing. you consider they where they were in the nineties. The they were a power.
3: But they were a power in the early days
1: of and HBC then they, football then they because
3: fell to the bottom, the bottom of the uh, pit, and uh, they're, they're coming back up. They had a pretty good year last year. They almost won. They the did SWAC. Uh, I'd like to share. West. West. Yeah.
0: I'd like to share something from the uh, Clarion Ledger, a little article about this game. It was titled, No Pity, Valley 71, Prairie View 6. Pity, poor Prairie View. It was the Panthers' misfortune to run into Mississippi Valley State Saturday afternoon on the Delta Devils' homecoming. Playing their first home game of the season in front of a crowd of 11,000 at Magnolia Stadium, the Delta Devils tuned up for the next Sunday's Southwestern Athletic Conference showdown against Alcorn State with a 71-6 victory over the winless Panthers. I'm going to skip ahead a little in this article, uh, from Totten, by the way, here's a quote. Prayer review was physical, said Totten, but I expected them to rush harder. It gave me extra time to spot the receivers.
3: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you know, great. Got to be grac- gracious in, defe- oh, in, in, in victory. So next week, we got the game of the century. We have undefeated Alcorn State. Number four Alcorn State in the one A poll versus number five Mississippi Valley State. It is the game of the century. I want to and give we a shout have out this to
0: game them. on film.
3: They have we it have on the film. film. They have it on film. There's three parts on YouTube. It's amazing. I want to give a shout out to HBCU Game Day for this one, this article. They had a they had a really really good information. So I, I used a bunch of this for for this game itself. So they November, phenomenal website. The awesome website fantastic I believe we followed them. Yeah so November 3rd 1984 they, you know, again, the game of the century. They, they called it the gunslinger versus the godfather. Uh, late in the season, a mass of humanity, 63,000 fans converged on Mississippi Veterans Stadium, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Jackson to watch the undefeated Alcorn State Braves, coached by Marino Kasem, take on the undefeated Delta Devils 7-0 of Mississippi Valley State. Those in attendance set a stadium record. Alcorn State's Marino Kasem, a.k.a. The Godfather, was the graybeard here. He'd been at the helm of Alcorn State since the Civil Rights era. Despite playing in the shadow of programs like Grambling and Jackson State, he'd been able to win a few titles and keep his teams in the mix. And then there was Archie Gunslinger Cooley. The Jackson State alumnus was technically a defensive guy. He served as a defensive coach at his alma mater and Tennessee State but his devil-may-care attitude on offense is what led Nance to tab him the gunslinger. What I'm doing is against the rules of football, Cooley told Nance. I have the guts to stick with it. You have to believe in what you do and do it well. We're daring. We throw the ball when we're not supposed to throw. I think I can make a good poker player. I take chances.
0: That's so good. It's it good is. good stuff.
3: Shout That's out so to again. Mississippi Valley State came into the game averaging – A fitting 666 yards of offense Mm. from the Delta (laughs) Devils and 64 points a game. More than a point a minute. Yes. Again, more than that vaunted the offense we talked about, right? Uh, Back in the early 1900s. Totten, at the time, Totten had thrown for 3,530 yards and 43 touchdowns. They were only seven games into the season. This is a good (laughs) season. This is like a Heisman-winning season for somebody nowadays. And Rice had Jerry Rice had caught eighty-six passes on the season.
4: The QB stats have aggressively Connor Halliday energy. Like it's the only quarterback I can think to even compare this to. Yeah, because I have vivid memories of the seven touchdown. I don't even remember how many yards. Like super late game against Cal. I just
3: or is that the one against ucla where they came back or something or
4: yeah it was like 65
3: 63 or i can't remember
0: what and it, it went
4: to overtime and they missed Pac-12 it on card, yeah you know, i mean this, this but,
0: has aggressively but, but like every game every, every game, game is like every that. Game. this has aggressively like i'm playing ncaa 14 on the easiest mode with on, 10 road, minute 10 minute quarters like this yes. is what we're well i mean against an defense. fcs team yeah. yeah it's against fcs southwest north Bring back my FCF schools. I'll pay extra for them. It's fine.
3: Alcorn State entered its yearly grudge match with Mississippi Valley, ranked fourth in Division I AA, thanks mostly to its rugged defense, which hadn't allowed more than 16 points in a game all season. Alcorn State's defense was ranked second in the country, led by senior defensive back Isaac Holt, who already held the NCAA career mark in interceptions. It relied on a run-first, pass-second offense that averaged 436 yards per game. Willie Totten entered the game against Alcorn, already holding Division 1AA single-game records for passing attempts at 77, completions at 46, passing yards at 599, and touchdown passes at 9. His 43 touchdown passes were already six more than the previous season's record. <laughs> right. The bulk of Totten's work went to Jerry World Rice, who set single-game records with 294 94 yards, and five touchdown catches against Kentucky State in the opener. His 21 touchdown catches was already a new single season record, and he had broken the career receptions record with 4,384 yards, topping former Howard star Tracy Singleton's record. But Rice was far from Totten's only target. Joe Thomas had 66 catches for 934 yards and would have led Division I AA football if not for Jerry Rice. Three other receivers entered the Alcorn game with five touchdowns or more. Simply put, this offense was lethal. All caps.
1: I want to jump in here for a moment, if I can, commish, because the Godfather, Coach Marino Kasum What they, what we're not really looking at is that he had already been at Alcorn for twenty years. By the time this game kicked off, hmm. he had already accomplished an undefeated season, nineteen sixty nine. They win the SWAC and the Black National Championship. Several other one-loss seasons where they win the SWAC and the Black National Championship. And he's on his way to win the SWAC and the Black National Championship one more time before he leaves football and goes into his retirement. He was, for all intents and purposes, the godfather of Mississippi football. At least the HBCU ball. And this was really kind of the question of if Mississippi Valley wins this game it might change the fortunes of Mississippi Valley State football forever because that gives them an undefeated season, a SWAC championship, all world players that own every record in the record book, and they did it at Itabina.
3: You know, this there's a lot of game, a lot of riding on this game. And again, this is why they dubbed it the game of the century in 1984. Uh, the game was originally scheduled to take place at Mississippi Valley's 10000 seat on-campus stadium on November 3rd. Demand for the game caused it to be moved to Mississippi Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the largest venue in the state. The contest would be held in the 62,000 seat stadium on Sunday, instead of a Saturday. So this moved to like NFL Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
4: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
3: Sunday. Jackson, (laughs) Jackson, Mississippi. More than 130 press credentials had been requested prior to the game, according to Mississippi Valley State sports information director. There's the stadium packed out for the game. I have it in the dock there. Indeed, the game would be broadcast on WLBT television and covered by the likes of Sports Illustrated. The hype for the game was incredible since Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss were only at a combined eight wins for the season at this time. So all three of the other Mississippi, like, big-name schools Mm -hmm. had a horrible year in 1984. So this took precedence
0: i mean those three schools were having a horrible like several decades at that point
3: you know yeah
1: yeah. i'm just just being mean
0: i'm
3: just gonna say yeah
1: i i want to jump in and and really kind of lay something down for a second you have in the south across most of what is ostensibly sec country massive venues that sec schools don't play in So one of the examples is Legion field in Alabama, You got Alabama, you got Auburn. They both have beautiful palaces where they play football, but you have Legion field, which is still used today for when the magic city classic is played, which is Alabama state and Alabama A and M. They still play there because those stadiums are large, impressive venues. Even though a lot of people make fun of Legion field, the HBCU world holds onto those and says, this is our super bowl.
3: Me? It's just like, this is in, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just like the Bayou Classic. I mean, they they, they it's in the Superdome every year. It's they play it in the Superdome. It's a tradition that's every year, every year. Exactly. It's awesome, too. It's great. The
1: Memorial Stadium is that for Mississippi, where the University of Mississippi has Voight Hemingway,
5: mm-hmm.
1: where Planga Mississippi State plays in their stadium. That's tight, but they bring their cowbells. And then you have this stadium owned by Jackson State University, presently. That's their palace where they pack it 60,000 strong to celebrate HBCU football. And I I wanna just to scratch that itch for people, this is happening in parallel across the HBCU world where all of our schools are coming together and saying, we're gonna play each other and we're gonna bring all of our community together to do it. So you got Hampton and Howard battling out for who's the real HU. You've got the Florida Classic, which is Bethune-Cookman and F- uh, FAMU. You've got the Bayou Classic, like the commission mentioned. Oh, yeah. y- you have all of this happening. All of these HBCUs, they're packing stadiums, and they usurped the NFL yeah. to do this in 1984.
3: That's right. I mean, it's really unheard of to just move a game to a Sunday. Can you imagine somebody doing that now? I, I don't think you could. The
1: NFL no, yeah. would be right. furious. The NFL would be it's, furious. I
4: mean- yeah. It's super weird. Like one of my favorite things about Labor Day weekend, but it's also super weird is like the one random Sunday game you get Labor yeah. Day weekend. because Yeah. Before, for before the
3: NFL even starts. Yeah, it's, yeah. And then that's why we get like that, that helmet game last year it was Florida State LSU. I think it's going to be Florida State LSU again. Uh, but yes. we get that, that name brand helmet game for that one to try to be uh, something like that, which is uh, the night game. There may be another game on the Sunday, but uh, it, it, it's, It's incredible. So them to do this in 1984, the entire state of Mississippi and and the world was just looking at this game. So everybody expected an offensive explosion for this game, of course. And there was an offensive explosion in this game, but it did not come from Cooley's Delta Devils. The Braves of Alcorn State put up 526 yards on their opponents. 211 of them was from running back Perry Qualls, who scored a school record five touchdowns in the game. I expected to get the ball a lot, Qualls told the Clarion Ledger after the game. We had eight plays in our game plan. Seven of them called for me to get the ball, and <laughs> one was from the fullback. Ball go here. <laughs> ball, ball goes here. Qualls, get the balls. Uh, so, Qualls, big day, help Alcorn State control possession for 38 minutes and 40 oh, seconds. No. leaving oh, Valley no. Leaving Valley just 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Normally, that would be enough. Found oh, no. That Normally, that would be enough. But Alcorn's defense was unlike any Valley had faced that season. Totten had operated all season behind an offensive line that averaged about 280 pounds per man. But on this day, Totten was harassed all day. He threw two interceptions, including a pick six. Rice caught eight passes for 134 yards and a 42-28 loss. It was the first loss of the season for Mississippi Valley State. The biggest star on that Sunday turned out to be Isaac Holt. He shadowed Rice, who caught eight passes for 134 yards and a touchdown but both were well below his average. Holt proved his NFL future that day, picking off Totten and scoring a touchdown that pretty much put the game out of reach, even for Valley's high-flying offense. Somebody said he's all-world, so if you shut him down, you must be all-universe, Holt told reporters after the game. He would go on to have a solid NFL career with the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys, whom he helped win Super Bowl uh, 27. I believe I have the Roman numerals correct there. You do. All right, perfect.
0: So Totten, the, the first off their, their the offensive line was called tons of fun, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> great name. One, tons of two, fun. until this game, they had, he'd only been sacked four times all season, That's Right, four times and Alcorn just made his day
1: miserable. I want to really kind of stump for this because if you look at Alcorn's 1984 season, mm-hmm. They're not giving up points. No. They are stopping every team that shows up on their doorstep. And they said, we're not going to allow you to do whatever you want. You're not going to throw the ball for 100 times. We're going to keep the ball for ourselves. So the the first step is the best offense is keeping your offense on the bench. And then when you're on the field, we're going to harass you. And even that pick six, you take that away. They still win this game by seven.
3: I mean, they still gave up more points than they did all all season long because they hadn't given up more than 16. But they gave up 28 here. So Mississippi, uh, they—they were, you know, nobody believes in us. And they were mad. Alcorn State was mad that Mississippi Valley State got all the hype. Mississippi Valley got all the publicity and hype. But they're going to have to come to Alcorn now, said Kasem. We got the better team and the prettier campus. I love this shit. This is such great. such great right trash
1: here. talk love it like i try to tell everybody the hbcus are much like all the other schools we talk trash we make fun of each other oh, they, y'all, you y'all know
3: talk better trash i'm just
5: going. oh that. yeah, yeah way better. alcorn
1: remember this all is the land grant for african americans at the time so you had to have if you're going to have your own if you're going to have a mississippi state and you're not going to allow african americans to attend your school you must create one Alcorn is that creation that gets the Moral Act funding. So they have the better campus because they have more money. They've been around longer. They've been more successful at football. So the front porch of their university is much more open. And just to kind of maybe seed some future things you may hear about one day, a small guy called Steve McNair is going to play football with them, along with his brother, Fred, who's going to coach the team to great success. So Alcorn has the pipeline in place And Mississippi Valley was trying to usurp all of that.
3: Trying. Uh, They were.
1: They they gave it their own. They did.
3: So more than who won or lost the game, the national attention garnered by the game stands out as a memorable moment over 35 years later. Uh, Even today, national television streaming, 24-hour sports, and social media, the Alcorn Valley game likely still stands as a benchmark for a regular season contest between two HBCU schools. If game day existed in 1984, I'm pretty sure they would have been there. Uh, forcing a game into a venue six times as big and packing it out is something that will likely never be seen again in today's world of highlight packages and live streams. So again, shout out to HBCU game day for this awesome article on this game. I really, really appreciated it. It was fantastic. Love reading it. Shout out HBCU game day. One more quote from Marino Kasem, the godfather of Alcorn state. Call it what you want. It was an epic. People wanted a show and they got a great one. It couldn't have been any better. I love, I love this man. <laughs> it's
1: great. I really want to touch on this because I I, I tell this story all the time. Uh, Pit Girl came. I told it to her. Beth came on my podcast. I told it to her. The HBCUs are always clamoring to have people, hey, just come see what we're doing. And one of the examples I always give is that everyone knows the Sports Center jingle. Everyone knows ba-da-bum. Everybody knows that sign. They know they're going to get some highlights. The HBCU started playing that jingle to convince ESPN to put their games on ESPN. And it worked. The Mi'ak signed an ESPN streaming deal, and the SWAC did immediately afterwards. I say that because at the time that this happened, to the commission's point, You've got Oklahoma fighting tooth and nail to allow their games to be on TV. You have CBS decide, hey, maybe these SEC schools could use some exposure. You've got Miami starting to make a lot of noise. This is Miami, Florida, the Hurricanes, and they're on national TV because they're an independent. They go everywhere. Notre Dame's TV deal comes into existence. All of this is happening, and the CU's are saying, we've been playing football as long as any of these programs. Come watch us, too. And this was the shining moment, and they got a great game out of
3: it. Oh, it, was, it was great. Uh, it was a fantastic game. But after the Game of the Century loss, Mississippi Valley State season uh, continued, uh, playing their final uh, conference game, the Delta Devils, uh, defeated Alabama State 49-7, securing a 7-1 and record and finishing uh, in the SWAC second behind Alcorn State. They then finished their season with an 83-11 victory over Langston University. So they they get back on the horse a little bit there. I have an article that I found. The headline of the article, it says, Valley Flood rips Langston in an 83-11 route. I'm gonna read a little bit of this because this was back home in Uh, a bit. (laughs) Langston was walloped 83-11 by nationally ranked Mississippi Valley State on Saturday afternoon. But Lion coach Willie Hurté was, wasn't completely glum. Our ball club is beat up. Our best players are not on the club. Valley State just had better athletes. I was pleased by the way my kids played. Yeah,
0: coach. Yeah, coach.
4: Okay. We tried.
3: Yeah. Hey, I mean, we you know, this sounds like me after ULM goes to play Alabama. I was like, hey, we didn't get shut up. Uh, <laughs> this is what it sounds like. Mississippi Valley State, which is now 91. Uh, ranked 8th in the NCAA Division 1AA poll. Unleashed 728 total yards of offense Ooh. against the Lions, who finished 2-9. Uh, the Delta Devils erupted for a 41-3 lead in the first quarter.
5: Jeez. <laughs> Jeez.
3: <laughs> they extended the margin to 55-11 at halftime. Mississippi Valley closed the scoring with 28 points in the third quarter. Willie Totten and Jerry Rice, the Devils' record-breaking passing duo, had another productive outing. Totten only played three quarters, completing 23 or 34 passes for 321 yards. It was it was a slow game for him. He finished the regular season with 55 touchdown passes and 4,558 yards through the air. Rice broke, Rice broke his own division 1AA receiving record by catching five passes to give him 103 for the season. Uh, three receptions resulted in, in touchdowns, giving Rice 27 for the year, and in all division records, uh, for 50 uh in his four-year career valley state scored on its second play of the game on a 57 yard run uh who had 200 by carl byram who had 242 yards on 16 on 16 carries
0: so so the, so this here's the here's a really interesting thing that you see going through the season is that <laughs> teams would be so panicked to try to cover everyone running at all the wideouts that carl byram had sneakily a great season where he would just <laughs> As soon as everyone would move so far back and there'd be three people on the line, they just hand them the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's no one for Mm -hmm. 20 yards. So he's picking up 20, 30 yard chunks because everyone's double, triple covering Jerry Rice and everyone else.
1: Or no one for 57 yards in this game. In this
3: case, no one, he he Mm -hmm. makes a touchdown. So he broke the 1,000 yard plateau. After, after that game, so that was nice to have a 1,000-yard Uh Langston cut the oh, no. margin 7-3 on a 46-yard field goal uh, before the Devils scored the game's next 41 points.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> Take the screenshot
3: at 7-3. <laughs> Done. Paul Wright ran for two yards and the only line touchdown and a two-point run by Michael Bridgewater. Made it 48-11 with two minutes and seconds in the first half. I'm just going to just leave it at that. So Mississippi Valley State made the Division I A playoff, where they faced against Louisiana Tech, the Southland Conference champion. So Mississippi Valley State did not get a home game. They had to go on the road to uh, Joe Allett Stadium instead of hosting the home game since they lost that game to Alcorn State. It was 10-6 at the end of the first quarter, but Tech led 38-12, Uh, When Jerry Rice caught a quick slant around the hash on the home side and turned upfield towards the south end zone for a 64-yard touchdown, a play that seemed to happen in a blink, basically a tiny sample size of what Mississippi Valley State had been doing all season, but the Delta Devils were down 38-19 at the half. But that was it. Their record-breaking offense had already scored its final points of the year. Louisiana Tech just put it on them, and they lost in that first-round playoff game 66-19.
4: Ouch.
1: So I want to I want to kind of jump in here um, yeah. for a couple of points. One, Langston is the only HBCU in Oklahoma, and so they play in the NAIA. So this is this is a bunch of maybe not scholarship players getting run off the field by a Division One school, uh, even if it's Division One Double A. There's still a difference between yeah. you know as you step down a level, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a jump there. This is monumental because of what's happening in 1984. So in 1984, at the 1AA level, you have two HBCUs playing in the playoffs. You got Mississippi Valley State, you got Alcorn State, both in the the Division 1 AA playoffs. But that's not the only place that we're having HBCUs in the playoffs. In the Division 2 level, there's only eight teams invited. And you've got Central, which is an HBCU in Ohio. They're going to the playoffs. And of course, You have my beloved Norfolk State University Spartans winning the CIAA. They're also playing in the playoffs as well. So you have four HBCUs out of 16. 25% of all NCAA-sanctioned playoffs are HBCUs competing for the national championship.
0: And Alcorn State is the one seed. That's right. Uh,
3: This was just an amazing season. I'm really kind of disappointed they got run off the field by uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, and you know, just sure. just being a, a ULM commish guy, I don't I don't like anything with uh, Louisiana Tech. Oddly enough, at the time, Totten he completed 44. I'm sorry, not at the time. So some stats from the game that they lost 66-19. Totten completed 44 of 75 passes for 485 yards. Yeah. Uh, each a 1AA record at the time, but he was intercepted six times <laughs> in the oh, game. No. So. That kind of contributed to the large margin of defeat. Jerry Rice caught nine passes for 155 yards, but apparently he paid for nearly every one because Louisiana Tech was, was, they were roughing up Jerry Rice a little bit. They hit him pretty much for the ones that he didn't catch. Oddly enough, next week, Louisiana Tech beat Alcorn State, but they eventually lost in the title game to Montana State. They didn't win a FCS title like like that, that school that's 30, you know. Like,
0: miles. uh, like mm-hmm. south, northeast, west, whatever yeah. y'all are called. Yeah, yeah, they, they, I don't know they,
3: what they don't have one of those. Right. Unlike those, have, those, have those we lovely, ever calculated
4: single game detmers? Because we should, yeah,
3: we, we do, we okay. do have those, but um, I, I, I we, we do have them. Single games, it's, it's pretty tough, you can get really astronomical, but I mean, throwing for 485 yards and yeah. six mm-hmm. ints is insane, but I mean, that's Mississippi Valley State and that's that's gunslinger cooley right there for you they're gonna go down and they're just gonna keep throwing the ball as much as possible uh, 75 times to be exact in this game so the delta devils finished dc 1984 season at nine and two which remains a school record for wins in a season all told willie totten finished the season with 368 completions on 593 attempts he had a 62% completion percentage. He threw for 4,557 yards and 58 touchdowns. I don't have his INT's number, so I can't calculate that Detmer. Uh, he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2005, the Mississippi State, uh, you know, Mississippi Valley State Hall of Fame in 2006, and the Black College Football Hall of Fame in 2014, the year of its founding. Uh, he played in the CFL, the NFL, and the Arena Football League. Also, he came back and he was the delta devils coach from 2002 to 2009 posting a record of uh 31 and 57. he his two high watermark seasons uh were in the middle of that tenure at six and five uh finishing second there there's a uh youtube video of the black college football hall of fame of his induction and it shows his history he played for the buffalo bills in 1987 uh, he threw a few passes. I don't. I, I couldn't get his stats for that though.
1: I, I want to jump in really quickly here, Kamish. Um So when he's coming back at the turn of the millennium, so he shows up, two thousand two. Hey, I, you remember me? I threw all those yards, all those touchdowns. I'm the new coach. We're gonna bring it all back again. At the time, there's another HBCU great coaching another team, and that's Doug Williams. Mm-hmm. So Doug Williams was Eddie Robbins. That was Eddie Robinson's guy. Yep. He. he ran up a whole bunch of points at Grambling, yep. won a Super Bowl with the uh, uh, the Washington football team, and then kind of floated around and came back, and he was coaching Grambling. He had a great tenure at Grambling head coach. He won a couple of Black National Championships. And in that season, the 2002 season where he shows up, Grambling wins a whole bunch of games, including one against, uh, they, they beat Alabama State and then went, beat Alabama A&M for the uh, SWAC Championship, and then they become the Black National Champions in that year. So it's kind of like, even when their best of all time comes back, Mississippi Valley is always running into even more bigger mountains to climb.
3: Well, hopefully one day they get over that hump. So speaking of Jerry World Rice at the time, uh, as he was known, which uh, he dropped the world as soon as he, he got drafted by the 49ers. Jerry Rice finished the season with one A records of 112 receptions, 1,845 receiving yards, and 27 touchdown receptions. I was trying to figure out if it continued to stand as the fcs division record or the ncaa mark for all divisions uh his season uh, total touchdown record has been tied by troy edwards of louisiana tech how does that work like you know th- they're the team that knocked them out in 84 and then louisiana tech you know takes him out the record books uh but it was tied he's still in the record books the single season receiving yards has been passed a few times uh at any ncaa level troy edwards did it first again uh, with the yardage, he broke the record <laughs> in 1998. But then Trevor Inslee of Nevada broke it the year after that one with 2006, 2,060 yards at Nevada in 1999. Uh, there's a couple of some crazy wide receivers on this list here. So you got Trevor Inslee, you got Troy Edwards, uh, you got Michael Crabtree, which is uh, uh, 1,962. Yeah. You have Jordan White of Western Michigan, Jareth Stearns of Western Kentucky, just a couple years ago. Oh, that's Bailey
4: Zappi, Western Kentucky. That is Bailey Zappy, yeah. Western
3: Kentucky. Yeah. Then you have Greg Salas of Hawaii 2010 Hawaii. Colt Brennan, I believe was the quarterback mm-hmm. at the time, rest mm-hmm. in peace, Colt. Um and then a little bit below that uh, a little bit above that record, Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith. Imagine that. 1, 1856 and then Alex Van Dyke again of Nevada, you know, beat it by 9 yards. So I think actually Van Dyke beat the yardage record uh for Four years before Troy Edwards. I apologize for that. So Rice was named to the Division 1AA All-American team and finished ninth in the Heisman Trophy battle in 1984. Ninth.
1: From Division 1AA.
3: Oh, nah, Division 1AA.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: That's that's kind of crazy. I think there was another one that was like a, a guy from Holy Cross that was in like, you know, a little bit higher than Rice uh, from 1AA. Jay Rice finished the career with 301 catches for 4,693 yards and 50 touchdowns, although some sources have his numbers as 310 receptions and 480 uh, 4,856 receiving yards and 51 touchdowns so if i looked at that that article for langston it said that rice had his 50th touchdown pass and then he caught one in the postseason against la tech so i'm kind of believing the 51 touchdowns there um
1: they didn't count so postseason um didn't count. statistics right yeah so bowl games didn't count at the time either for yeah. a lot of players so um the nineteen eighty four Heisman was won by Doug Flutie, and a lot of that was obviously his great play from Boston College. But of course, those big games—he beat Miami on a hill, Mary had another great game. I think.
3: What college was that? Say
1: what now? You said Boston College.
3: Boston College. college? No, what college was Bo's,
0: that? BC. Bose. Bo, Bose Dunn College. Thank you.
3: There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, we Bring it
3: back again i'm
1: looking at it you know he jerry rice had an amazing career and, and uh, i think a lot of it is because of the level stratification the voters wouldn't want to give it to him yeah. but considering what he did he should have been if we would have had you know the Belinda cough at the time yeah. or even maybe the max oh yeah yeah, if yeah those awards existed For he sure. would have won them but i think he gets the last laugh because
3: the fcs award is called the jerry rice award true and so his NCAA record for a total career touchdowns and receptions stood until 2006 when New Hampshire wide receiver David Ball recorded his 51st career receiving touchdown. Rice's all-division NCAA record for total career receptions stood until 99 when Scott Pingle of Division III Westminster logged his 302nd career reception. By the end of his college career, Rice had broken 18 NCAA records. This is one cool thing that I didn't realize that Mississippi Valley State did uh, and the name of their stadium. In 1999, Mm -hmm. the the program renamed the stadium from Magnolia Stadium to Rice-Totten Stadium in honor of the two players, Willie Totten and Jerry Rice. I don't know. I didn't really research this, but I am kind of at a loss off the top of my head to think about any program that would rename their stadium after players like I see the coaches sometimes, you know, but I, I don't I don't think of any off the top of my head that have been named after players like this one.
4: Well, not exactly the same, but Jack Trice is named after a player. Yeah. So Jack Trice, is it stadium or field? Uh, I think stadium. It's, stadium. Yeah.
3: it's
1: stadium. Yeah. The stadium, because the field is named after, I think, some donors at, at yes, Iowa State. Yes,
3: it's some other field. Yeah, okay.
1: I, one of the things I really want to kind of stump for is a lot of these venues that the HBCUs play at are very old. They are, they are steeped in tradition. They have existed for great um, time periods of a lot of these programs. And it's always great when I hear Iowa State say, look, we were the first ones to name our stadium after a, a Black player or a Black, you know, after a Black man. And, I'm, and I always laugh because I'm like, you know, there's plenty of stadiums that do that in the HBCU world. And, you know... My home, you know, Norfolk State University. The stadium is named after who I think is the greatest coach, and that's uh, William Dick Price. And the stadium is named after him. And that opened the same year as Jack Trice changing their name in nineteen ninety seven. And so, to your point, when they stop and then they name the stadium and say we want to put the names of people who put our program on the map, um, that's what they do. And even more, put a fine point on it, the Gunslinger's name is on the field, right? Um, So it's. It's it's Coach Coley Field at Jack uh, at uh, Rice Totten Stadium, um, so they it's a full it's a full court press to make sure they are naming everything after uh, people. The only other stadium I can think of that does that, and there's others I'm sure. So please forgive me yeah. if I forgot uh, your stadium. You could come yell at you can come yell at uh, our podcast. Yeah, yell, at, yell uh, at us.
0: It's fine. Hey, yell us. It.
1: but we, we get at all we, that We're forgetting. We're forgetting Kinnick, Kinnick, which is in Iowa City, mm, Yep, which is the same thing named after for some, some tragedy, but he was a Heisman Trophy winner who served his country, and uh, they named the stadium after him in Iowa City. So Just the University of Iowa did that.
2: Quick list of a couple of stadiums I've been able to find that are named after players. Um, Bird Stadium, where, um, where Maryland plays, okay. is yes. named after Harry Clifton Curley Bird, um, who played 1905 to 1908. Davis Wade- Stadium at Scott Field, Mississippi State, named yep. after a player Jordan Hare. The uh, oh
5: yeah, oh yeah, yeah
2: after Cliff Hare. Nippert Memorial Stadium, where Cincinnati plays. No,
1: I think it's one of the oldest in continual use in Cincinnati. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, and then Merlin Olson Field at Romney Stadium, at uh, which is where Utah State plays, is named after um Romney. But whenever they mo- whenever they made that Merlin Olson Field, uh, that was in honor of uh, one of their Hall of Fame players. So
4: absolutely. I'm
2: sure there's a couple others out there, but that's that's some. And it's both it's actually both halves at at
4: Jordan Hare. Shook Jordan played for Auburn in addition to coaching for Auburn. Yes,
2: in addition to coaching.
0: If you want to know why Willie Tottenham should be like in the sickos Committee blood for things that we love, not only does he have all these great offensive records, but he also has the career record in FCS D one D two for most passes intercepted over a career 75 intercepted passes god <laughs> god salute you man just fucking throw it someone will get it doesn't matter who I mean, I, i'm skimming through the fcs record books right now just looking for things and yeah like willie willie totten and jerry rice come up a thousand times
1: it's worth it all those interceptions are worth it for as many touchdowns as he oh, man.
0: yeah, for sure Okay, folks. Oh, first off, Blue, go ahead and plug your podcast before we get out of here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, uh, Commissioner. I'm glad to be a part of this. Um, The podcast that I have with two friends of mine uh, is called Feed Your Mascot. That's uh, Air Raid on the Discord with me and then GT2550. Both of them are great fans of the sport. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Feed Your Mascot. I got a Twitter account. I'm so excited
0: for you. Wow. We
1: finally got one. Wow. Uh, We have a Threads. At oh, feed your mascot threads. and then we have a website yep we got a threads we have an instagram feed your mascot and then we have a uh, uh a, a website feed your mascot dot sounds
0: good folks well that's what we got for today we'll see you everyone on tuesday